In today's episode, I asked Dolphin fans to chime in and ask me questions via Twitter. Also, I know that he have had a tough start to this season, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't hit the panic button just yet. And last but not least, Super Bowl predictions. Brady versus Mahomes? Who do I got? You'll find out. Welcome to episode three of the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz. I want to take a sort of a break from all this media circus going on with the Deshaun Watson rumors and the Dolphins and all that. So I put out a message on Twitter asking all Dolphin fans to ask me a few questions so that I can answer them from a fan's perspective. So we're going to be doing that for today's segment of the Dolphins here. Before I get started, I want to apologize in advance in case I botch any of these Twitter names because some of them are a bit hard to say. But on the description box, I'm going to put the Twitter handle to all you guys so that Dolphin fans, if you're listening, you want to follow these guys, make sure you do so. Their Twitter handles will be on the description before I get started. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. So question one comes from Carl Pynchon. Carl asks, who was your favorite Miami Idol growing up? And who would you compare that person to in today's game? I love this question. So my idol for the Dolphins growing up, you know, I want to say it was Dan Marino, but I didn't see Dan Marino play because by the time I grew up, Dan Marino was already gone. So my favorite player, believe it or not, was Ricky Williams. Something about him with the with the visor he had on and the, the toughness, the way he looked, all the gear he had on, the dreads. He just looked so cool. And I was like, man, look at him run, run, Ricky, run. Just breaking those tackles and all. Like, I had a blast. I had a Ricky Williams jersey as a kid. And growing up, I did not want to let that go. I mean, I wore it for so long, it didn't even fit me no more. But I love that jersey and love Ricky Williams so much. That was my favorite Dolphins player growing up. And comparing him to somebody today, you know what? I know he retired last year. He played a little bit last year. But I'm going to say Marshawn Lynch was the closest to him, in my opinion. I mean, the way he looked with that visor, you know, being tough, breaking tackles, got the dreadlocks and all that. Marshawn Lynch reminded me of Ricky Williams so much that I was a huge fan of Marshawn Lynch. That was a great question by Carl, by the way. Next question comes from Vontae underscore Ellis. He asks, given the success the Dolphins had last year, would it be playoffs or bust going into next season? You know what? I think it's fair to say, yeah. You know, normally you want to get better every year. Okay, so the fact that we had 10 wins this year, now the bar is set high. You don't want to go lower than that because that's a bad season. You can't go from 10 wins and then go to nine. So now that we had 10, I expect us to get to 11 next year. And that should mean playoffs. So with that being said, I would say playoffs, yeah. It's playoffs or bust for sure. I think, you know, saying Super Bowl or bust, no, nah, not just not yet, but playoffs or bust, yeah. I would say so. That's a great question as well. All right, the next question comes from hashtag inflow we believe 2021. All right, he asks if X Man, Xavier Howard, as you all know, demands a raise to get him up to at least Byron Jones pay, do you consider trading him, getting that he has older knees? Weak, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what? That's a tough situation. I mean, 
it sucks when a player like this wants to restructure a deal that's already in place because those can get very, very tricky. But I feel like you kind of have to keep them at all costs. Because you know what? To be that top defense that we were, we would not have been that without Xavier Howard. I know he's, it's going to be pricey. It's going to be a pain. But just having that guy back there have all those picks, make the Pro Bowl like he did, we have to keep a guy like that. Because Byron Jones didn't seem too reliable. X-Man did. So I would keep him. I know it might get tricky, but I would, you know, try to work with him, maybe get a reasonable deal here. But X-Man, I feel like we have to keep him at all costs. I really do. Great question, by the way. Next question comes from Dan underscore Jablonski. He asks, with the entire roster compromise of young players, which veterans would you like the team to sign? You always need some veteran leadership and experience, especially in the playoffs. Okay. So in my opinion, the veteran that I would like to add is simply Levante David. Okay. He's a physical linebacker. He has those leadership skills. He has that toughness. He's been there before. He's a pro's pro. And I think that will put our defense over the top. Being that it was top, what, top five last year? Adding him, his physical presence, he's not only going to dominate, but he's going to make all of those others around him dominate. Jerome Baker, he could take him under his wing. And I think that would be huge for us. I think that's the leader that I would try and sign on the defensive end, for sure. 100%. That's a great question. I like that question. Very, very good. Next question comes from Andy Cardell. He asks, are the Dolphins the modern-day organization that empowers black men as coaching and such? Is that why Deshaun Watson would like to come to Miami? I do like what the Dolphins have done and the stand they are taking, but I don't think that has to do with it. I think Deshaun Watson simply wants to come to Miami because of the culture we built. I think he sees that, just like everybody else. He sees the imprint that Flores has had on this team and organization. He sees that we're trending in the right direction. He sees that we had 10 wins. He sees that, you know, it's Miami, right? Who wouldn't want to live there? No state taxes. I think it's more along the lines of those things. I think that's why he ultimately wants to come to Miami. Because the situation in Miami right now is probably the best out there. Next question comes from Jack Cummins underscore nine. Okay, he asks, which player should Miami prioritize resigning this offseason? Agba, Gasicki, and Baker are the standouts heading into the contract year. Okay, this is tricky. This is when it gets tricky. So we know Baker and Gasicki, we drafted them. The first year that Gasicki played, it was kind of iffy, but last year he started rolling. I don't know if tight end is the right position for him, being that he can't block. So maybe we can add him to maybe being a slot receiver. But I think we can work with people and, you know, restructure or sign a good deal. People like to stay. They don't want to move too much, especially younger players. So I would prioritize Baker first, though, because I think linebacker and his upside, his speed is very important. Then would be Gasicki and then Agba. I mean, I hope we can sign them all. I hope we can keep them all. That would be great. Agba had probably basically like a Pro Bowl year. So I, w- I would try to keep all three. I, w- I don't know. Something about Coach Flores and that culture. I, th- I think these players really like playing for him. So maybe taking a little bit of a discount, 
maybe they wouldn't mind. So hopefully we can keep all three, but we'll see. Good question there. Next question comes from The October Original. He asks, how would you go about filling the rest of the defense, free agency or draft? Who would you target to fit our system? Okay, well, there's holes we have to fill here. Okay, I think we need an inside linebacker. So as I mentioned before, Levante, David, and free agency, that's what I would shoot for. And we can't have, you know, not too much depth. So maybe adding a linebacker some point in the draft, you should do so, you know, see what he's got, build him up. I think Van Ginkle played good this year. So, you know, we, we kind of have some things brewing there in the linebacker position for sure. Also, we do need an edge rusher. So I would try to get that in the draft, probably with that third pick. I would say that. And I think more safety help would help this team. I don't know who exactly we can target, but I'm sure we can find somebody on the draft. So I would try to lean on those things. I think we need a linebacker, an edge rusher, and a safety. Everything else, I think, you know, we're pretty much set. Also, another defensive tackle, definitely have to draft one. All right, so the next question comes from underscore Brown underscore. He said, I would like to know about our wide receiver core. What are we going to do about it? Also, I feel like Jamar Chase is the better receiver in the draft, but Smith is better for Tua. Who do we go with? Okay. In my opinion, Jamar Chase is a hell of a talent, but so is Devontae Smith. I don't think you could go wrong with either, but if I had to choose one, I would go Smith. And the reason why I would go Smith is because he played with Tua in college, so they have that chemistry. You never know. A lot of times when you have a receiver and quarterback, they don't see eye to eye and that can get messy. So it's rare if you have a wide receiver and a quarterback on the same page. So if you can get that off the rip straight from a rookie, I think that's big. So I would go with Smith being that he's played with Tua in Alabama. You don't have to worry about chemistry there. They're great friends and they can just build organically and grow together in this system. And as far as the rest of the wide receiver core, I think we can definitely target one in free agency. I personally would like Chris Godwin. I know Godwin's played kind of iffy lately. He's dropped some balls here and there. But I don't want to get Allen Robinson because I compare Allen Robinson more like Devontae Parker. Okay, you don't want to have two of those guys. You want to have a variety of different wide receivers that can do different things. So Chris Godwin would be my target for free agency. But we definitely need some help. We got to get two of those weapons. So I like that question. Last but not least, the final question comes from Sanu. He asks, in the draft, are there any sleeper picks that would help us at our position of need? Wide receiver, linebacker, O-line, in round two or later? Okay, this is a great question, right? Everybody loves sleeper picks. Now, this isn't really a sleeper pick, but if we were to miss out on Najee Harris in the first round, that Javante Williams kid from North Carolina, he can ball. I would love to take him. That's probably a second-round guy. I don't think it's a sleeper, but I did want to throw that out there. But as far as sleepers or somebody in the second or third-round range, I like that Landon Dickerson guy. He's a center from Alabama. All right, we're going to need help with the center position, being that Ted Harris is gone. I don't know if we'll resign him or not, but taking an Alabama product I think is good. They come ready to play. You can plug them right in, and they're ready to go. I mean, playing Alabama, you're playing big games year-round spotlights on you so i'm always confident taking alabama guys 
Another guy I like is Jalen Phillips, the edge from Miami. He's a Miami guy. It's a position of need. So those two are kind of the names I like to see, particularly in the second round. Great question, man. So that wraps up the Q&A session of this Dolphin segment. Again, guys, thank you for asking those questions. I'm sorry if I botched any names. But like I said, in the description box, you're going to see your Twitter handles. Anybody listening to this podcast, if you want to give them a follow, they'll be on there in the description. Please do so. And with that being said, let's dive into the Miami Heat. So we move on to the Miami Heat. Wow. Okay, last week was a bit of a struggle. I mean, we started off that week 0-3. Mind you, I did say we were going to go 2-2. Two and two. I really thought that, but we just couldn't get healthy. So we're not even going to dive into the, all those early games because, honestly, we weren't healthy. We weren't healthy at all, and they were bad. I know Bam had some couple good plays, a couple good highlights. He kept shooting that mid-range shot, which you like to see, but they were all losses. But then last Saturday, it was like a breath of fresh air when we got the great news that our leader, Jimmy Butler, was coming back to the lineup. During those first three games of the week, though, I know a lot of fans were reacting and being frustrated. They were saying they were giving up, all these negative things. And I understand it. I think it's way too soon. I'm not one of those guys to overreact. I didn't overreact at all. Uh Uh-uh, not at all. But I do understand it because we're a finals team. We were just a finals team last year. The expectations are high. We're the Miami Heat. We're built like we belong there, right? We're a culture team. We have all-stars. We have Jimmy. We have Bam. We have Spolstra. In my opinion, the best coach in the Eastern Conference. So I get it. Expectations are high. And you know what? We weren't playing like we should. There's a couple games that I feel like we should have had. Like that Clippers one, for example. So I totally get it. I totally get the Heat fans, but I just don't agree with that. I think it's way too early. You know, just don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. That's all I was trying to say on Twitter all week to these guys. Have faith. Saturday night came, Jimmy's back. And that impact was insane. Once I heard the news that Jimmy was coming back, I instantly knew this was big. I knew it was going to be big, not just because of his performance, just because of him being there, his presence, how it lifts his teammates. Simply by having that leader there, whether he scores two points, four points, 30 points, I knew he was going to make an impact on that game. And he did. He really did. You know how his effort level is. It's always top notch. He always gives 100%. And you know what? I honestly feel like everybody else gives that same effort. Because if they don't give that same effort, Jimmy's going to tell you. <laughs> Believe me, we all know that. We all know Jimmy's not the type to just let it ride where you're not going to try 100%, but he's going to be trying 100%. Uh-uh. That's not his game. He's going to tell you straight up. He's not afraid. And the team accepts that. Bam does as well. Remember, they got into each other's faces a couple times last year. But why? Because it results in winning. But that's why Jimmy is our leader. Because he's able to do that. Bam is going to get there, but he's not there yet. Remember, Bam is the heart of this team. But Jimmy, he's the soul of this team. We go as Jimmy goes. That's why we bought him here. That's why we pay him that max contract. That's why. And boy, he didn't miss a beat Saturday night. 
I was like, okay, let's not expect a lot from Jimmy. You know, I'm thinking his stat line, honestly, I was thinking his stat line was going to be 14 points, eight assists, eight rebounds, something solid. But the presence, the presence, the presence, I thought it would will us to the victory. But I was wrong. Jimmy is Jimmy. I don't know what I was thinking by saying he's going to have 14 points. He ended up with 30. 30 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. So much for easing into things. Jimmy buckets. Everything he wanted, he got it. Playing aggressive. He didn't care. I think he played like probably, I think it was 34 minutes. I mean, that's not easing into things. But who's going to tell Jimmy, hey, ease into things? We all know damn well Jimmy's going to force his way to get out there. So Spolstra, you know, he wants to win. He said, you know what, Jimmy, are you good? He says, yeah. And it ended up in a win. What can I say? Jimmy Butler, immediate impact to end the week off right with a win. But I go back earlier to the week, right? All of you guys that were frustrated with the Heat and their struggles, I knew not to be so down on this team. Why? Because it's too early. I know it's a shortened season. I know the losses add up. I know we're down there in the Eastern Conference. But you can't get too high and you can't get too low in an NBA season. We didn't have our guys healthy. I always knew. I'm like, once we get back healthy, we're going to start stacking wins and we're going to go on a run. But we weren't healthy. So I wasn't worried. I wasn't going to say, oh, we're done. We're, we're not making the playoffs. No. I knew it was a matter of time before we get healthy. And look, Jimmy came back, ended the week off well. Goron's probably coming back next week. Bradley, I'm sure he's going to come back as well. And we're going to be stacking these wins. We got an easy schedule coming up. And this is when we're going to take advantage. These easy games, getting us back on track. Get a winning streak going? Get hot? Come on, we don't belong down there in the Eastern Conference. We're going to climb back up. All you guys are going to know, hey, what was I thinking? What was I thinking saying the Heat are done? You'll see. We got the Wizards coming up. We play them twice. We have the Hornets, the Knicks twice, and the Rockets. I see nothing but wins. Nothing but wins. Especially now that Jimmy's back. Another reason why I don't think fans should overreact to anything in a season so early is because it's a simple word. Well, two words that's said in this organization. And what words are those? Heat culture. Now, I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but heat culture is real. A lot of teams don't do what the Heat do. Hard working, dedication. You hear it time and time again from these players, right? Measuring body fat, holding people accountable. That's what we preach. And that stuff is serious. You saw that last year in the bubble. Heat culture is for real. So when they were going on this losing streak and all that, I knew it was a matter of time that heat culture was going to prevail. We're not that type of team to just sink down. We, we're not going to make it to the finals one year and then miss the, the playoffs the next year and sink down. This is not like that. This is not that team. It's not the heat way. It goes against everything the culture is. You know when you put work into something, hard work is going to pay off. So like I said, time and time again, it was only a matter of time. Granted, I know it's one win. I know it's one win. We're going into this week with one game winning streak. I understand that. 
But what I'm basically trying to tell you guys is that that heat culture thing is real. And that's why I would never, ever, throughout this whole season, let's say we lose two in a row coming up. We got heat culture to fall back on. We're not going to let the season slip away. We're going to end the season being a top four team in the Eastern Conference. There's no doubt about it. Remember that, guys. In a season like this, where there's, you know, protocols going on, players being in and out, anything can happen. You know what wins? Mental toughness. And that's what Heat culture is all about. That's another thing that's up there. I don't think a lot of teams in the East have that mental toughness that we do. In the bubble, look at that. Mentally tough team. Made it to the end. Two of them. Lakers and the Heat. We're about this life. With that being said, I mentioned earlier, in my opinion, Coach Spo is the best coach in the Eastern Conference. I know Doc Rivers is doing a great job. I know Brad Stevens is doing a great job. But in a playoff series, who's proven to win, win championships, it's Coach Spo. So we're not going to miss the playoffs, guys. We're really not. And once we're in there, why can't we win the East again? Nobody scares me. I'm sorry. And why? Because coaching matters. And we have the best coach in the Eastern Conference. So if any of you guys out there still believe that we won't make the playoffs, huh, please, 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 please keep that same energy. We've been doubted before, and we always prove doubters wrong. So buckle up, because we're about to start stacking some wins coming up here. I guarantee it. Okay, so let's get into the predictions for this week. Let's see how we can do. Let's see how we can start this week. Like I said, stacking these wins. All right. First things first, tonight, at home, taking on the Hornets. What do I think? Come on. We're not losing that game. That's a win. Wednesday night, interesting game. We play the Wizards at home. Fans in the stands, if you're going to the game, please say a couple words to Bradley Beal, okay? He's going to be listening. It's going to be an empty arena. He's going to hear you. Not too many fans there. Try to get some recruiting going. Say, Bradley. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. You know you want to come to South Beach. Stop playing. <laughs> That's going to be a win in my book. And then Friday, we play them again, so we will see them twice. He's going to be here for a couple days. I think they're both wins. I think we handle them. I think, honestly, we need to take that game very seriously. Because our goal in that game, with Bradley Beal coming in, should be to just kick up on them. So that Bradley Beal can see what we got here. I'm sure he knows already, but let him see it firsthand while he's on the other end. Put Jimmy on him. Let him lock him up. You know, start getting hot. Just try to win by 20. Show him. Show him how nice it would be to play for the Miami Heat. So that, I hope, I hope it's two blowouts right there. We have a Saturday off after that. Sunday, we go on the road. So we're going to have a day off after that, and Sunday we go on the road to New York City, Madison Square Garden, to take on the Knicks. Now, the Knicks have been playing pretty good under Thibodeau. I've been watching a couple of their games, and Coach Tibbs has really got these guys balling. They're playing defense really well. They're communicating out there. The Knicks got a pretty good team. They're tough, but we're the Miami Heat. So let's be real. We got to take care of that game. We can't look past it. 
So I think it's a win. So yeah, that's right. You heard that right. I'm predicting four wins this week for the Heat. Four and oh. I'm telling you, that'll be a five-game winning streak at the end of the week. Just like I said, we're about to start stacking these wins, and it starts now. Let's turn things up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get it going. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's go Heat, baby. All right, so Super Bowl week is finally here. It's upon us this Sunday. It's going down. Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Bucks. In Tampa Bay, this is going to be awesome. You're talking about Tom Brady, who is called the GOAT, going against the new GOAT, the baby GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. This is going to be a great one. It's going to be a great one. And honestly, I think this is actually the best matchup that we could get because the Packers defensively, I really don't think they would have held up against the Chiefs. That firepower that the Chiefs have... I feel like would have just torched Green Bay, would have got whatever they wanted, would have scored, and hey, possibly it could have been a blowout. We don't want that. We want a good Super Bowl. So I think that this matchup that we have here, I think this is going to be the best Super Bowl that we can ask for because of that defense that the Bucs can play. Mind you, the Bucs defense, Todd Bowles has been cranking it up on defense. I think he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. So I think simply because of the Bucs defense, I think it is going to make a good game. So I'm going to make a case here for Kansas City on why I think they can win. And then I'm also going to make a case for the Bucks and why I think they can win. All right, so here's my case for the Bucks Defensively. Now that defensive line for the Bucks, I think they can really, really get after Mahomes. And you want to do that early. Because the last thing you want to do is have Mahomes score a touchdown off the rip, get that confidence. You don't want that if you're Tampa Bay. By no means, because we know when Mahomes gets hot, that can be trouble. So I think defensively, that line can put pressure on Mahomes early, and I think that's going to be a key. Todd Bowles, as defensive coordinator lately, he's been great. The playoff games, he's shown he's had that defense ready, That line has been putting pressure on the quarterbacks. Put pressure on Rodgers a bit. Stop that running game a little bit as well. So I think that's going to be big. Another case, home field advantage. Now, I don't know exactly how this feels because I'm not a pro athlete. But as a fan, just thinking about it. Thinking about the fact that you're at home. You get to sleep in your own bed. You're at the comfort of your own house. You get a home-cooked meal. You don't got to worry about staying at a hotel, ordering room service and all that. I feel like that plays a factor. I mean, it it would for me. You know, you're very comfortable. You wake up in your bed, like I said. You get a meal. You eat whatever you want before going to the game. Take your own car if you want. You don't have to rely on a bus. It's just, it's a better mindset mentally. And this is the first team to play at home in the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I've never thought about it like this because obviously this is the first team, but I think that's going to play a role in it too. I think it's going to that's a good underrated take for the Bucks possibly having some sort of advantage. My next thing, Tom Brady. I mean, come on. He's been there before how many times? He knows what it takes. He's he's not too high. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl. He's been through big games. Big moments when he was with the Patriots, 
winning six championships. So this moment isn't too big. You got the right quarterback. There's plenty of quarterbacks out there. They go into their first Super Bowl, second Super Bowl. You worry about nerves. You worry about this. You worry about that. With Tom Brady, you don't get none of that. You get actually probably the quarterback that everybody would bet on to win a Super Bowl. Even with the age that he is right now. Not only that, but he's the best game manager in the game. See, the key to this game is going to be time of possession. Because you don't want to have Mahomes getting the ball too much. Because when he gets the ball, he most likely is going to score. So you keep that ball away from him. You manage the game. Dominate time of possession. Play it smart. And I think that's another key to your advantage. And what better quarterback than Tom Brady to do so? I think he's going to make the right passes. I think he's going to use the clock to his advantage. He doesn't even need coaching. This guy is basically a player and a coach at the same time. And that's why he is considered the GOAT. So it's, it's, it's another advantage. You can't underestimate how important just the fact that you have Tom Brady as your quarterback going into this game. Another case I'm going to make is the fact that they played them earlier this season. The Chiefs won that game, 27-24. The Chiefs had them early. They were all on them early. But it ended up 27-24, but it probably could have been a blowout. But nonetheless, the fact that they played them is a good thing because they played them and lost. So typically when you lose, you're able to dissect more film. You get to see, okay, what you could have done, what you did wrong, how you can get better. Mind you, a lot of times when it's a Super Bowl matchup, the two teams in the Super Bowl, they don't play each other in the season, but they're lucky they did. So they're going to have a lot of film that they can break down. They can see, did we run the ball well? Did we pass the ball well? Did we keep the chains moving? Stuff like that. In the game, Brady threw for 345 yards. He had three touchdowns and two interceptions. But those two interceptions, I don't see him doing that in the Super Bowl. No. Him throwing multiple picks this year has been a thing. But in the Super Bowl, I can't see him throwing multiple picks. When it matters most, like a Super Bowl, I can see him throwing one. Every quarterback can possibly make a mistake, of course. But forcing balls and trying to make something out of nothing, I don't see that happening. I think, like I said, the best game manager in the game. So I doubt he'll throw multiple picks in a Super Bowl. But the 345 yards that he put up against the Chiefs defense... That's a weak defense. So he saw that he can move that ball. He's going to be able to throw. He's going to have receivers to throw to. So that's another thing that he is breaking down. I know for a fact he's looking at the film. He saw so many things that he can do that he can take into the Super Bowl. So he's going to be confident. I don't see two picks. I don't see three picks. No, I see one maximum and I see him throwing that ball, managing that clock and the Bucks have a pretty good shot. I honestly think they have a pretty good shot. Now let's get into the case for the Chiefs here. All right, so my case for the Chiefs is pretty simple. I mean, they are the Chiefs, right? They're the reigning champs. So they won last year. They have the best quarterback in the game today. I take him over Lamar Jackson. I take him over Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is practically on his way to being the GOAT when it's all said and done. I really believe that. I mean, the, the records he's shattering, the pace he's going with, it's like he's, he's running through stop signs breaking records. 
I mean, he's got what it takes. I can tell. I can see it already. When it's all said and done, when his career is done, I really think he's going to be the greatest to ever throw the football in NFL history. I don't know if that's a hot take because I know Mahomes, everyone respects Mahomes, but that's just what I'm going to say. I want to throw that out there for you guys. That's my take on it. But let's get back to the case for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So not only do they have the best quarterback in the game, but he's shown that he can handle adversity. I mean, he's got injured in his foot. He's got the concussion thing. He's been down in games. He's been down in playoff games. Had to mount comebacks. And he's done it time and time again. Just always finds a way to win. You can't teach that stuff. That's that mental toughness. That's a mental toughness not every quarterback has. And I think it's special when you have somebody that young that can put the team on his back and just, you know, ride that confidence. He's not afraid of those big moments. He wants to be the best. He wants to take everybody down in his way. And that includes Brady. So his will to win puts him over the top of so many quarterbacks in this league. And I think that's why he's going to play with an extra chip on his shoulder this Sunday. He knows Brady's the GOAT. He knows what Brady has accomplished. He knows all those Super Bowl rings. I think he's taking this one very, very personal. He wants that torch. So I think that's why he's going to get up more for this game. I know it's a Super Bowl. He's already getting up. But just the fact that you have to beat Brady, I think it's huge for his career. And he knows that. I talked about during the Bucks case of when they played each other earlier this season. I said the Chiefs won. Check out Mahomes' stats. He threw for 462 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions. That's a hell of a game. I mean, like, you look at those stats and you're like, is this Madden or is this real life? No, it's real life. This kid is the real deal. So he knows he's going to be able to throw against that defense. But remember, I did say that defense is playing at a different level. But I think it's more that defensive line that's turned up. But I still think you can have your way throwing the ball. And who better than Mahomes, right? He's got the best tight end in the game, Travis Kelsey. I mean, come on, nobody's on his level. Nobody. He could get 100 yards in his sleep. And then you have the fastest receiver in Tyreek Hill. It's hard to bet against those guys. I would be shaking so hard if I ever bet against those two. Hill and Kelsey, that duo with Mahomes throwing it. And let's not sleep on Andy Reid. He's a hell of a coach. He puts them in position to win these games. It's Andy Reid. The calls he makes, he believes in his guys. He's aggressive coaching sometimes, fourth and goal. He likes to go for it, things like that. Like, that's big time. I think they got the better coach. I think Andy Reid is clearly better than Bruce Arians, and I think that's going to play a big role. So my pick, right? I know you guys are waiting for that. Bucks or Chiefs? You know what? I'm rolling with KC. I'm rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs, and here's why. I said better coaching. I think that always, always, always matters in a Super Bowl. Because games are usually tight. That's when better coaching wins. I think Mahomes also, he's going to make the right plays. He's going to come clutch if he needs to at the end. And ultimately, I think he's going to take down Brady. He's eager to do so. And he's going to take that goat torch away from Brady. And they're just going to pass it on. 
Mahomes is going to take this league by storm year after year. I mean, I don't see anybody stopping this KC offense. Not this year, not next year. I don't see anybody in the AFC coming even close to stopping him from getting to the Super Bowl. But let's talk about now. Super Bowl champs. I think KC is going back to back. And I think Mahomes is going to win MVP again. And we'll be looking at next season asking ourselves, can they 3P? Has there even been a 3P in the NFL? I'd have to look that up. But man, I'm not betting against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry. But like I said, Bucks do have a case. It's not going to be a blowout, guys. You're in for a great game. I'm excited for it. I hope you enjoy it. But yeah, I'm rolling with the Chiefs. All right, so that wraps up episode three. Once again, as always, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And just a reminder, you can always reach out to me, ask me questions on Twitter at SportsVibes305 or email me at MiamiSportsVibes at gmail.com. I'll see you all here next week. I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. And thank you all for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz.